It's time with Pastor Mike Kessler starts now. This is It's Time, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship, home of CSN International, featuring Pastor Mike Kessler, Senior Pastor at the River. Today, Pastor Mike is going to be teaching in the book of 1 Samuel. Located way back in the Old Testament, the books of 1 and 2 Samuel are the legacy that reveals the change from God-appointed judges over the people to the kingdom era, where the Jews are ruled over by a king both a departure from God's ways and a foreshadow of God's ways. With our study on the book of 1 Samuel, here's Pastor Mike. And those of you that have your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to open them to uh, 1 Samuel. But the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod, and he ravaged them and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territories. Now, they're being very kind here in the New King James. The word here is the word hemorrhoids. Now, God smote them with hemorrhoids. Now, I don't know how you make a commentary on that. Other than enough said. And so they were nice. They were said they were tumors. What's interesting, it doesn't say where they were at, but the original language seems to indicate that they were hemorrhoids. And so both in Ashdod, their city, and also its territories. And when the men of Ashdod saw how it was, they said, The ark of God of Israel must not remain with us, for it's the hand of is harsh towards us and Dagon our God. Therefore they sent and gathered themselves all the Lord of the Philistines and said, What shall we do with the ark of God of Israel? And they answered, they said, Let the ark of God of Israel be carried away to Gath, And so they carried the ark of God of Israel away. And so it was, after they carried it away, that the hand of the Lord was against that city with very great destruction. And he struck the men of the city, both small and great, and tumors broke out on them. (laughs) So no matter where they were moving this thing to, it caused real problems. Therefore, they sent for preparation. No, they, I'm sorry. I, you know I had to do that. You know, I, I, you're not going to get away with that. Therefore, they sent the ark of God to Ekron. And so it was, the ark of God came to Ekron, that the Ekronites cried out saying, they have brought the ark of God of Israel to us to kill us and our people. <laughs> They're going, yeah, we heard about this thing. Ah. And so they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send the ark of God of Israel and let it go back to its own place so that it does not kill us and our people. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city and the hand of God was very heavy there. And the men who did not die were stricken with tumors. And the cry of the city went up to heaven. (laughs) Oh yeah, baby. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Can you imagine the whole town with hemorrhoids? No, why don't you sit down? No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, friends, people say that God 
Well, I don't find anywhere in the scripture that God's got a sense of humor. Well, first of all, we know he does. He made us. And then when we look in nature, we find God made the platypus. Now, that was like at the end of the assembly line when God was making things. Hey, we got a few duck bills here. We got a few stingers left. We got some web feet. What can we make? Okay, let's make a platypus. Do you know the platypus is an enigma in the evolutionary world? It's the only mammal that lays eggs. It's got a stinger. It's got a bill like a duck. And so when they try to place it in their made-up evolutionary chains, the platypus, where shall we put it? And it violates every theory concerning evolution because it doesn't fit in any category. It's its own weird thing. And where did it come from and what is it? Well, it's interesting to me that God has this wonderful way of doing things beyond that which we understand. And God's got a sense of humor, friends. Just like he made all these funny animals and made us... Well, the way he punished them, to me, was quite interesting. And so it says, Now the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, What shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it to its place. So they said, If you send away the ark of God of Israel, don't send it empty, But by all means, return it to him with a trespass offering. Then you will be healed, and it will be known to you why his hand was not removed from you. And they said, what is the trespass offering in which we shall return to him? By the way, the story gets weirder as we read. And they answered, now this was the wise men and the soothsayer, five golden hemorrhoids. Five golden rats. So evidently in part of this plague that had come upon not only with the tumors, but also there was rats and probably infestations of other things. Some people believe it could have been been some type of plague, a, a type of the bubonic plague or something like that. Not sure. But it says five golden tumors or five golden hemorrhoids, five golden rats, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines, for the same plague was upon all of you and all of your lords. Therefore, you shall make the images of your tumors an image of your rats that ravage the land, and you shall give glory to the God of Israel, and perhaps he will lighten his hand from you, from your gods and from your land. Now, it's interesting to me here that God, actually the the Philistines at this particular point seemed to have a better grip of who God was than the nation of Israel did. Because they recognized they had what? That um, seeker-friendly word we're not supposed to use? Sin. They realized they had sinned. And they said, you know, maybe God's really bummed at us here and maybe we ought to do something to appease him and let him know that we're really sorry. Now, friends, just the very thought of forming what they formed to send on the ark with it as a trespass offering to me took some creativity. And it also was saying, look, we know that we did something wrong. These are the plagues that came upon us. 
were recognizing the plagues that came upon us by making them. It affected five of our cities, and here is a trespass offering to you. Now, it's also noteworthy that um, that um, the children of Israel, when they were coming across the desert, as they came out of Egypt and they were wandering in the wilderness, that they murmured and complained against God. And the Bible says that God sent on the children of Israel serpents, and they began to bite the people, and the people began to die. Now, what's really strange, in the original Hebrew language, the word is flying fiery serpents. Now, I don't know what a flying fiery serpent is, but they had them and they were hitting the people and they were dying. And they went to Moses and they said, Moses, this is a Mike paraphrase, but you can check it out. Moses, we think God's like really bummed at us. So like, would you intercede for us and tell us what we're supposed to do? And it was, it was interesting because what Moses did, what God instructed him to do is take a serpent, wrap it on a pole, And said, those that look at the pole will live. Those that don't look at the pole will die. Um, There's some some really interesting pictures there. Because here you find that they, the very thing that was afflicting them, the Philistines that were afflicting them, is the very thing that they made and offered back to God as a trespass offering. The flying fiery serpents were biting the people. And so God instructed them to put a snake on a pole and have people look at it. Now, you have to realize something here. The nation of Israel at that time was probably about a million people. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a, in a large, very large crowd, like maybe a, a large football stadium of maybe just six, 7,000 people. You can get lost in the crowd. But evidently, in looking at this serpent, required them to go where that serpent was and look at it. Now, when you look at a serpent on a pole, you say... Why am I doing it? Well, I think it's part of facing up to what you are. It's also a picture type of Christ. It says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. And so we remember that when Jesus was lifted up on the cross, when we look at Christ on the cross, what do we remember? That Jesus died for our cross. I'm a man that's been afflicted by sin. Jesus now is the man on the cross who's been afflicted by sin. Do you catch the similarity? You see, in other words, we face what we are. And and, and by the way, friends, what is that requiring? That's requiring you to be honest with who you are rather than transposing guilt. And we're great at transposing guilt. Well, I'm this way because... I mean, we, we are that. We ask, yeah, you ask a little kid, you know, why did you do that? Well, it's because my sister made me. You know, well, where did you learn that from? You learned from Adam and Eve. I mean, we've been transposing guilt ever since the beginning of time. But it's when we own up to what we are. You see the Philistines, and in their, in, in, in their very, you might say, primitive understanding of Jehovah, realized that they had made a trespass, and they modeled what was bothering them, and they put it on the ark as it was going to go back into Israel again. Moses made a serpent of what was biting the people, Jesus was lifted up on the cross who was a representative or maybe you might say took the sin of all of us and when we look at the cross we see Christ and what? Our sins are forgiven. So, he says, Therefore you shall make images of your tumors, images of your rats that ravage the land and you shall give glory to the God of Israel and perhaps he will lighten his hand from you, from your God's. And from your land. 
Why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When they did mighty things among them, when, when he did mighty things among them, did they not let the people go that they might depart? Now therefore make a new cart. Take two milk cows which have never been yoked and hitch the cows on the cart and take their calves home and uh, 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 take their calves home away from them. Then the ark of the Lord, then set the ark of the Lord on the cart. Put the articles of gold which you are returning to him as a trespass offering in a chest by its side and send it away and let it go. <laughs> now, seems pretty simple and straightforward. Notice see, they were quoting history here saying, you know, you got to remember that, you know, this isn't the first time something like really weird like this has happened. And the punishment of God was upon the nation of Egypt for what they had done. Listen, you know, therefore, you, we want to do this right. We don't want to insult their God. We don't want to take a couple of mangy old cows that's got one eye and about on its last, on its way to be a Freddy burger. We, we, we want to take and, and put brand new cows, you know, ones that have never been yoked. And, and we want to also, um, we want to, to put it on a brand new cart. Now, friends, this is another interesting thing that the Philistines figured out. And what I'm saying is that it's tragic sometimes when sometimes the enemy knows more how to behave before the Lord than even Christians do. That's a tragedy, isn't it? They're saying, listen, we, we want to put him on a new cart. Now, you know, a lot of times we like to give our excess to God. Well, whatever's left over, you know, Lord, if I got a little extra money in the end of the month, you know, I'll throw it in the offering or whatever. Or if I'm going to do something, God, if I've got time, yeah, well, I'll see if I can squeak you in. But you know what? The Philistines recognized that there was a trespass that they had done against God. And so they used the very best that they had to let God know they were serious about what they did. And remember this. Our actions always speak louder than our words. And friends, if you can always remember that. I don't care how high, I don't care, I, I don't care how high a person jumps. Or how loud they shout or how much they tell you I love you. It's how straight they walk is to let you know where they're really coming at from the Lord. A lot of people say they believe in the Bible, but you know, it's, it's, it's hard to find. And, and the thing is, I'm not saying we always do it right. But I'm saying when we've transgressed the Lord, the thing is we, we want to go out and, and make that right. And the Philistines in their own primitive way were doing the very best they can. And you can just see them saying, okay, we'll get a new ox cart and we'll get some brand new cows and we'll take the calves away. Now the reason why they took the calves away is why? What, is, what does any mama want to do? Want to go to the babies. Don't matter whether you're a human mama or any other kind. You hear, you know, some of you have little cats and they have the little kittens and you'll hear them mewing and... We used to do that at our house. We used to take and move the cats because they were in a bad place and you'd move them someplace else. And you, 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 you. And here come mama cat. She'd pick them up, move them wherever she wanted. It didn't matter what, whatever else she was going to do. She was about her babies. Well, that's why they said we want to take the baby calves and move them someplace else. Notice. Take the ark of the Lord, set it on the cart and put it in watch. If it goes up the road to its own territory, to Bethshemoth, then it has then then he has done us a great evil but if not then we will know that it is not the hand that struck us it was it was by chance that this happened to us no no so he says and watch if it goes up by the road by its own territory to bashemus then it has then then uh, he has done to us this great evil but if not then we shall know that it's just by chance all these things happen now again 
the, the desire of the cows would be to go to where their calves were. And so they said, well, let it go. And if it goes right back towards Israel, we know that God is the one that did this to us. And by chance, if it kind of wanders around or whatever, then we know it was just by chance. And the men did so. They took the two milk cows, hitched them to the cart, shut up their calves at home. You know the old saying, cows come home at night? Well, that's what they were probably counting on. And they set the ark of the Lord on the cart and the chests with the gold rats and the image of their hemorrhoids. Again, I, I don't know why this just strikes me as like really weird, but it just does. And the cows headed straight towards Israel, to Beth Shemesh, And they went along the highway, lowing as they went. And they did not turn aside to the right or to the left. And the Lord of the Philistines went after them to the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the people of Beth Shemesh were out reaping in the, the wheat harvest in the valley. And they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. And the ark came into the field of Joshua of Bethshemoth and stood there. A large stone was there. So they split the wood of the cart, offered it and the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. And the Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the chest that was built, that, that was with it, which uh, the articles of gold put them uh, on the large stone, and when the men of Bethshemesh offered a burnt offering, they made sacrifices the same day to the Lord. And so when the lo- five lords of the Philistines had seen it, they returned to Ekron the same day. So they watched for a while, as off to see what was going to happen. And they, here comes that cart down the road, brand new cart. And what did they do with the cart? They busted it up, took the cows and slaughtered them, and offered a sacrifice to the Lord. You see, I, I believe, friends, that they recognized that God had done a very important thing, first of all, in returning the Ark of the Covenant back to the nation of Israel. They didn't do it. God did it. But you know what else? God was able to minister to the Philistines. Do you think anybody in the, in the land of Philistia was, was uh, wondering who was the real God? I don't think so. I think every one of them knew who the real God was there. The God that they were putting their, the ark before kept falling on its face until finally its head and its hands broke off. Only the torso was left. Let me tell you something. What a testimony of the power of God. Well, they go on and they say, Now these are the gold tumors which the Philistines returned as a trespass offering to the Lord. One for Ashdod, one for Gaza, one for Ashkelon, one for Gath, and one for Ekron. And the golden rats, according to the number of the cities of the Philistines belonging to the five lords, both fortified cities, country villages, even as far as the large stone of Abel, which is on, which they set the ark of the Lord on, that stone remains there to this day in the field of Joshua of Bethshemesh. Then he struck the men of Bethshemesh because they had looked into the ark of the Lord. He struck 50,070 men of the people and the people lamented because the Lord had struck the people with a great slaughter. Um, again, they weren't to touch the ark. Uh, we remember that um, they, um, you know, it's funny that people can be religious but not be right. You know, doing the, the thing and they were looking into the ark. And that was something that only, only the high priest could do. You know, it's interesting that... that um, Tells me a lot about our high priest. Tells me a lot about Jesus. 
that Jesus does not share that position with anybody else other than himself. In other words, anybody that tries to become the high priest and look into the ark, the Bible says God will deal with them. We have only but one high priest, and that's Christ Jesus. Anybody else that tries to enter into that high priest, in other words, becomes the guru, becomes the puppet master, becomes uh, that individual in which people are looking to for spiritual guidance other than God, God will smite them. It says, and he struck 50,070 men of the people. And the people lamented because the Lord had struck the people with a great slaughter. Now it's interesting to me that the people of Israel were less savvy to the things of God than the people of the, of, of the land of Philistia was. Now friends, I mean, that to me is, is interesting because you would think that the people of Israel would be more sensitive. They knew that only the priests could touch the ark. They knew that only the priests were to have anything to do with the ark of the covenant. And by the way, that's why in the Holy of Holies, when Jesus died on the cross, at the moment that he died, the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, not bottom to the top, the way a man would tear a curtain if you were trying to get into something, but God tore it from the top to the bottom and slid it open. And what was interesting about that is now you no longer go through a man as a priest, but you go through God. And I think that's really important to remember that if Jesus is the only one in which we are to do. In other words, he's the direct, uh, the direct representative in who we go through. And just as, again, the priest was the only one that could look in the, into the ark, friends, it tells me a lot about how much God endeavors to be and keep and maintain that relationship with you and me and to let nobody else get in between there. Anytime people look towards a man to be the solution to the problems of life. Anytime people look towards, uh, 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 let me tell you something. All men, all women, the Bible says, there's none righteous, no, not one. Friends, we might think at different times, we might do good. Well, how'd you do today? Well, I didn't sin too much today. Other days, well, yeah, maybe I do. But you know what? Everybody sins, friends. It's not an excuse to sin, but it tells me that we have an advocate with a father that we need. And as long as you always remember that you're a sinner saved by grace and you do it God's way and not try to have your own holiness and trying to be looking into the ark, but rather letting Jesus be that high priest that represents everything holy to you, friends, you know your life is going to be blessed. He goes on and he tells us, And the man of Beshem has said, Who is able... To stand before this holy Lord God. Friends, what does the Bible say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. <laughs> it's true. When you recognize the awesome authority that God has and God is, you begin to realize that, man, first of all, it's neat that I know this God. And second of all, it's neat that he knows me, knows you. And so I have a relationship with him. But you know, again, when you do things that are contrary to the Spirit of God, you know, the, the thing is that, that um, as we look at the entirety of Scripture, one of the things that we find more than anything else repeated over and over again in Scripture is the thing that stops the hand of God is our pride. It's where we begin to think, well, God, I'm all right. I, you, know, you know, me and God, we got our little thing going, you know. You know, he kind of stays on his side of the fence. I stay on mine. We wave. Hi, how you doing, God? Good to see you. I kind of stop down at church every once in a while, kind of see how he's doing, you know. Have you ever talked to people? I've talked to people like that. 
Very casual, very light type relationship. But you know, that's not a real relationship with God. That was what had happened to the nation of Israel. They had gotten casual with God and they didn't know God's ways anymore. And when they didn't know God's ways anymore, the result of that was death. And when the Philistines began to experience that death, smarter than the Israelites, interestingly enough, they repented. They said, you know what? I think God's bummed at us. I think we better do something. Let's make an image of what's been afflicting us and maybe we'll appease God and we'll put the ark on a new, new ox cart and, and we'll do this. Now it's funny that the ark of the Lord remained there as it tells us here. That they remain, the Ark of the Covenant remained there at this place until David attempted to bring it back to Jerusalem when the, uh, when the temple was built. Now, what's noteworthy is as they were moving it under David's reign, what did David do? He put it on an ox cart and on the way to Jerusalem it went. And as it's going along, people are dancing and hallelujah and everything like that. And the oxen stumbled and the ox cart hit a bump and the ark began to slide off the cart. And one of the people reached up and pushed the ark back onto the ox cart. Pushed the ark back onto the ox cart. And God smote him dead. And right in the middle of all the the partying and all the dancing and everything like that, Whoa, it went from partying to a somberness. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to invite you to grab the free podcast of its time by hopping on the iTunes store and downloading your own copy. If you like having the disc, you can give us a call at 800-357-4226 to place your order for First Samuel. From Pastor Mike, myself, and all of us here at the River, thanks for tuning in to It's Time.